Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Mark. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. Today's episode is going to be all about interviews, and we're delighted to be joined by our friend and colleague, Dara. Thanks for coming on, Dara. Thank you for having me, everyone. I'm excited. We are so excited to have you, Dara. Thank you for being here. Dara directs our interviewing program, so we thought she would be the obvious perfect guest to come on and talk a little bit about interviews. And in our office, admissions officers don't typically conduct interviews, but we do read an awful lot of reports from students and alumni volunteers who conduct the interviews, and Dara oversees thousands of people who interview students in those roles. Let's do a quick overview of that and how that works. Right. Like a lot of things, the way that we do things here at Yale is probably a little bit different than other schools, but the basic advice that we're going to provide you, the basic sort of idea about why schools conduct interviews, I think is going to be pretty similar anywhere that you're applying. The first thing, just to get this out of the way, interviews are actually not required for our admissions process. Not everyone gets an interview. There are students who get accepted every year who haven't had an interview. Um, We just don't have the resources to offer an interview to every single one of our applicants. So we tend to take the resources that we do have and um, make sure we get interviews for the students for whom they're really going to help us. Right. And the interview itself is typically a 30 to 45 minute conversation. That conversation is unstructured, meaning that the person conducting it does not go in with a prescribed set of questions that we've given them. And after that interview is over, what that person produces for us is a pretty unstructured report. They're going to write up um, a few paragraphs probably about what it was like to talk with that student for those 30 or 45 minutes. Yep. And that's usually the last thing we actually read when we read an application. Uh, we've talked about the essays. We'll we'll do an episode soon about teacher recommendations. All these come together, as you know by now, to, um, to, to form the full application. And the interview is usually something that we read towards the end. And often it comes actually after we've read the rest of the application, um, because these interviews happen sort of after a student submits their application. And Dara, you've probably seen more of these reports than any of us. Um, You know, how would you describe sort of the role of that report in the admissions file for an applicant? Yeah. So the way that I like to think about it is that we see this application and there are a lot of things written about a student and we see a lot of numbers that are connected to the student, mainly on your transcript. But the interview itself is a spontaneous interaction with a member of our community. And it is just a really great way to see how all of these words and numbers and things that are associated with you come to life when somebody is talking to you. I also feel like it's our only opportunity to have a real spontaneous interaction with a student because we as admissions officers don't get to meet every student who applies in person. So this is kind of the closest thing that we get to that. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about who does the interviews. Um, Dara, you get to oversee all of these people in their roles. Uh, who are these people? You know, if I'm a high school senior and I've applied and, and I'm contacted for an interview, who's going to be on the other end of the table or the other end of the, of the phone line or the, the online uh, virtual interviewing experience? Right. So we have two separate programs that help us interview students. Um, in usual years, we have an on-campus program where we have college seniors who are part of our on-campus or senior interviewing program. So there are going to be students who are obviously still in the middle of their Yale experience. 
Our other larger program is our alumni interviewing program. And we have groups of volunteers all around the world in local communities who are there to interview our students. Those alumni range in age or class year. We can have people from early as 1950 or as recent as the 2019 or an upcoming 2020 class of alumni. So it really varies. And the things that they're doing after Yale really varies. Their majors while they were on campus really varies. So we don't try and necessarily match you up with that. But what you're getting is somebody who's really dedicated to the Yale community even after they leave or while they're on their way out who just want to talk to some students. What's cool about that is you might have an interviewer whose interests align with yours, which is great and can often make for a good conversation. But um, more often than not, you'll meet someone who has had a totally different path through college and life than the one you expect for yourself. And those conversations can be super valuable as well. Yeah, I think it's good to point out sort of why people sign up to do this. You know, we've got thousands of alumni who volunteer for this. And I want to make clear, they're not volunteering because they like raking high school students across the coals, right? Like right. they don't see themselves <laughs> as like the guardians of of our college, right? These students sign up or these alumni sign up really for two reasons, in my experience. Um, and I think keeping them in mind can help you approach the interview in the right way, right? Like they sign up because number one, they like Yale. You know, I don't think they would volunteer for their alma mater if they weren't a fan of the experience. Secondly, they like talking to interesting high school students. Um, I want to sort of set this table for this early on. The people who are doing these interviews are often the most outspoken advocates for these applicants. They really do want to be on your side as an applicant who's going to spend 30 or 45 minutes with them. Yeah. Um, one other reason why, and this is often my favorite, is that some of our alumni, when they were going through the process, they had a really great alumni interview. And for many of them, it was the tipping point or maybe the reason why they chose to come to Yale. And so some of them want to give back in that way and allow some other student to have that same experience or dispel myths the same way that happened to them years ago. And I always love that. That's awesome. Those are all really good points. I feel like if anyone is, is feeling nervous going into their alumni interview, those are all really, really good things to remember. Um, Dara, do you want to talk a little bit about what sort of common themes these interviewers are looking for, what we we train them and ask them to look for when they do these interviews? Yeah, absolutely. There are a few things that we're looking for. Um, one of the things that we talk a lot about is a sense of intellectual curiosity. And that is not what we find on your transcript. We're not talking about letter grades. We're not talking about SATs or ACTs. In fact, it's best to just leave that out of the room in general. What they're talking about is what makes you excited? Like, do you want to talk about an experiment you just conducted and you just literally can't hold it inside? You have to share it with somebody? That's the kind of things that interviewers love to hear. Um, we also talk a lot about what is it that you do outside of the classroom. So along the same lines, we're not necessarily asking for you to list your resume or your accomplishments. We actually want to know the motivations behind these things. So why are you passionate about curling, let's say? <laughs> why? 
we want to know how you got involved. How does it shape your life? How is it connected to the context that you are coming from? Those are the kind of things that are often hard to get when you're just reading on paper, but they come to life when you're sitting and you're talking to somebody about it, even if it, you're just walking them through it and just describing what it is that you do. And I think ultimately what we tell our interviewers is, what was it like to sit with this student in a room for 30 minutes to 45 minutes? Is this a person that you would want to be a sweet mate or that you would want to have a conversation in the dining hall with? And that does not mean, hey, is this person completely like me and mm -hmm. I think that we're going to be best friends. Mm -hmm. It could be, well, you know, we didn't have a ton in common, but I could totally see them here. I could see somebody on campus really digging this activity that they do or something that they are interested in studying. And they were able to talk to me about it, even though I didn't understand it. And I think those are the kind of little things that we get better from having this conversation with people rather than just trying to figure it out by reading it in your application. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So let's paint a picture for you in terms of what this interview is actually going to look like. Um, in advance of this, we did a little research uh, of <laughs> pop culture depictions of the college interview. And um, I, I would want to say every single one of them was completely wrong. Right. Yeah. We did not find a good example in pop culture <laughs> of how college interviews work. Um, let's just go through a couple examples, starting with one that um, our our audience might be a little young for, but uh, we all know well, which is Risky Business. 1983, young Tom Cruise. Mm. I need to state for the record, horrible movie. <laughs> Two great scenes that are worth watching. One is the college interview scene. Mm. The second and more important is the Tom Cruise dance scene. Right. Just Iconic. Google that. It's on YouTube. It's fantastic. Skip the rest of the movie. But what you see in the interview scene, completely, totally wrong. Right. All you need to know about this is it is not a good example of how to get into college or what you can expect from your <laughs> Yale interview. Right. <laughs> uh, the other the other references we found, Gossip Girl, Gilmore Girls, I think both involve like wood paneled rooms and the dean of admissions individually interviewing the student. Right. Also not how it goes. I mean, in the episode of Gossip Girl, when they come to visit Yale, the you know they're invited to like a special social with the dean of admissions who asks a secret question, and whoever gets it right gets shortlisted. I mean, none of this is real. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I've just recently been watching Gilmore Girls, and it was it was a little similar to that, where um, the grandfather says to Rory. I've gotten you uh, an appointment with the Dean of Admissions to interview. And that is not, please do not go to the <laughs> Dean of Admissions and financial aid and try and get a sit down with him for this. That is not how that works. I'll have the Rory Gilmore special, please. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, no. right. All of these are great entertainment, but please do not take your college advice from any of these shows or movies. And uh, to the Hollywood execs out there listening, we are available to consult. We want you to uh, have a more accurate depiction um, next time. So what you should picture actually is not the wood paneled room. I I want you to picture a Panera Bread or a Starbucks. 
that is where most of our in-person interviews occur. Although a lot of our interviews um, happen virtually um, as well. And in the coming cycle, all of our interviews will be happening virtually. But when things happen in person, uh, it is in a, in a lovely coffee shop like that. Um, I actually think that maybe Panera stock plummeted when we made the decision to <laughs> go all virtual this yeah. year because yes. we give Panera Bread a lot of business with our alumni interviewing in person there. The report has the interviewer list um, where the interview took place, and Panera is for sure the top of the list, I think, in <laughs> terms of locations. So when you show up uh, at this Starbucks or this Panera or when you log on to Zoom to connect with this interviewer, um, what you're going to have is a conversation. Um, and I think if you think about this more in terms of a conversation than a sort of strict Q&A session, you're going to be better prepared for it. Uh, when I get asked, you know, how, how should I prepare for my interview? Um, I, what I tell students is if you can hold a conversation with a stranger for 40 minutes, you are all set. You are prepared. That's, that's really um, all you should go in expecting. Yeah, there are no trick questions. We'll say that off the bat. No one will ask you if you were a household appliance. What would you be and why? Like, all right, how many ping pong balls would fit inside a jumbo jet? Right. That, that is not what we're asking our interviewers to uh, to ask. Um, you know, what are some of the typical questions, Dara, that, you know, interviewers frequently ask? Well, I would say they're really basic. And I think students are often surprised by the types of questions. They might be, how do you like to spend your time outside of the classroom? Or who are you in your friend group? Or what do you think about college? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we want to keep it as open as possible so that you can really steer the conversation towards the things that are important to you. Yeah, I mean, I think any student should expect, you know, you're going to be getting questions about yourself. Probably the best way to prep is just to think about what do I want to share with somebody who is genuinely curious about me. Um, there were probably some questions that start with things like, can you think of a time when you blank, right? And right. so kind of having in your mind a kind of catalog of experiences that you think were uh, insightful, just interesting say something about you is probably a good idea. Um, I also think pretty universally interviewers will ask towards the end of the interview, what questions do you have for me? And mm -hmm. I would advise you to take advantage of, of that. Um, notice that they're asking questions for me, which is different than sort of questions about Yale. Um, I know interviewers right. don't really like when you ask a question that could be found on the website, right? Like this is not the time to ask, do you have, does Yale have a biology major? Like, right. That's not why you're there. We do, by the way. <laughs> um, two. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, your interviewer can be a really great resource for you. If you have questions about their experience at Yale, you want to hear a little bit more about that, go ahead and ask them. That's what they're there for. And they would be delighted to tell you. I mean, I think yes. that's one way to really sort of get this person on your side is to say, I'm interested in your experience. Again, it might have been last year. It might have been 60 years ago. But this person, I guarantee, was interviewing in part because they have fond memories of the Yale experience. And a lot of them do like talking about it and uh, and appreciate a little chance to, to speak themselves. Totally. Um, and we would advise that you sort of stay within your comfort zone when it comes to sharing more personal information that might be a little bit sensitive. Uh, you know, anything you want to share, go for it. But if you don't feel comfortable sh really opening up to this person, that's fine too. Remember that we will review your interview along with the rest of your application. So it doesn't have to cover, you know, everything um, in that interview report. Yeah, that's a good point. We sort of intentionally don't 
give our interviewers a lot of information in advance. This mm-hmm. might be different at different schools, but for us, we sort of want it to be really a blank slate. So we typically tell our interviewers where you go to high school. We tell them what you are thinking about majoring in, but we don't tell them what your activities are. We don't tell them what your transcript looked like. We don't you know, share your essays or anything like that because we want this conversation to sort of be as natural as possible. And we want to ensure that the person who's interviewing you is going to write up a report about the conversation. Mm-hmm. Their job is to give some insight into what it was like to talk with you. They're not evaluating you as a person. They're not even evaluating you as an applicant. They are just giving some insights about the conversation. Right. And for that reason, you know, please don't feel the need to bring a resume to your interview mm-hmm. or anything like that. You don't need to show your grades and your test scores to, to your interviewer. Um, right. We just want that to be focused on that more natural conversation. Let's dive into just some, some general advice about uh, anyone who's preparing to do these interviews. We're just kind of going to go down the list here of sort of like do's and don'ts with your, with your interview. So here's a don't. Um, you don't need to creep on your interviewer before your <laughs> interview. And I say I say creep on because I have talked with a lot of interviewers who are genuinely creeped out by yeah. the fact that the student who showed up knew more about their professional experiences than than they did, right? right? So yeah. I mean, it's only natural to want to get a sense of who's going to mm-hmm. interview you and that, that you know, that's fine if you want to do a quick google of their name. Don't feel the need to show up and be able to recite this person's entire life story to them or anything like that. Yeah, in fact, they'd probably like it if you asked them uh, about it as well. I'm sure they'd love to talk about it. (laughs) Connected to that, though, a do is certainly try to find uh, areas of shared interest. You know, I have read reports from interviewers who've said, you know, I am a physician and I came to my interview in scrubs, you know, from the ER. And this applicant talked about how she was passionate about medicine, but never asked you know, what about about my work, you know, and like that was a missed opportunity there. So by all means, you know, find the obvious points of connection there with your interviewer. Yeah. Another piece of advice, uh, you do not need to dress up. How you dress doesn't really matter. You should feel comfortable. You don't need to wear a suit and tie or anything like that. If you're coming straight from football practice, maybe hop in the shower first. (laughs) But other than that, don't feel the need to get dressed up for these interviews. Okay, another do here. Do stay engaged. If you are um, in person, make sure that your cell phone is off, that you're not getting, you know, texts that are are, uh, coming in. If this is a virtual interview, maybe close your email and other things that might be buzzing so that the person who's talking to you really does feel like you have their undivided attention. Yep. Close your door so your little sister doesn't wander in (laughs) and interrupt the interview, stuff like that. Um, here's a don't, uh, don't feel the need to brag. Um, your job again, we've mentioned this before is not to impress this person with your accomplishments. Uh, your interviewer isn't really there to judge that about you. Um, we'll get all that information when we read your application. Again, this is just meant to be a conversation where you get to reflect a little bit on yourself. But do talk about things that have been a big deal for you, things that have been major commitments, special programs that you've been involved with, important leadership positions. The interviewer should hear about those things, but they don't just want to hear about the line item on the resume. They want to hear about your ownership of that activity. This is a great place to share with someone why you care about these things. And that might have been something that you really didn't have space to share in the application. This is now the time to explain, uh, you know, hey, I know the admissions office is going to see I was on the cross country team for four years and, and I'm the captain. 
Uh, I'd love to tell you a little bit about what the team means to me and why I love going out and running with them. This person would love to hear that level of insight about your commitment. I think the same advice that we've given in previous episodes about essays really applies here. Just be reflective. That's uh, that's really what we're looking for when we're reading about you, when we're hearing about you, when we're having a conversation with you. And one final do, it is uh, a lovely thing to do to send a nice thank you email to your interviewer afterwards. Um, again, this person is probably a volunteer if they're an alumnus or alumna. And so just saying, hey, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, that goes a long way for these people who are very busy and appreciate that. All right. So should we talk a little bit about how we use these interview reports when they come to us in the admissions office? Yes. I think let's let's sort of divide this between how we do use them and how we don't use them. Because okay. again, this is a place where I think people have some preconceived notions. So I think the best analogy that I've come up with, and admittedly, it's a bad analogy, <laughs> uh, comes from my high school physics class. Okay. And I have used this on students who are actually in physics classes, and it, and it checks out. So even though it's been a long time, um, here's my physics analogy. Um, there is a concept in wave physics, something mm -hmm. called constructive interference. And the idea with constructive interference is you can have multiple waves in the same field, and if they have the same period, what happens to those waves is something called constructive interference. So instead of two or three waves all sort of you know mixing together, you get one big wave. Like these are reinforcing each other. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, long-winded long here. Stay with <laughs> I'm me. I'm getting <laughs> So I like to think of the different parts of the application as sort of different waves. And what you want is resonance. You want constructive interference. The best interview reports are the ones that really resonate with other parts of the file. So that the person that I've met in your essays is the same kind of person I've met in your letters of recommendation. And that's the same person who showed up with this disinterested third party in the form of our interviewer who didn't know any of the other stuff. They are describing the exact same person. So I might learn something new, but what I'm really getting is sort of a reinforcement of the other parts uh, of the application. So I say, you know, I had a, a sense that this was this kind of person, and then this interview report sort of really magnifies all that together. So physicists out there, I apologize for what I've just done, but uh, that's how I always think about this. You know, I was skeptical when you started, but it paid off. That totally makes hey, sense. Hey, thanks. I actually understood that more than I understood any physics. <laughs> there you go. Physics for admissions officers. We're going to start a new, a new online class. There you go. Uh, another thing that the interview really helps us with is to help answer the, you know, the questions that we're always thinking about when we're discussing students in committee, which is, um, you know, what are they going to get out of Yale and what are they going to bring to Yale? What are they going to contribute? And we get the answers to those questions in all different parts of your application, but the interview can sometimes really help with those. One of the other things that I like to hear from uh, an interviewer is some local insights, some local pieces of context that maybe I, as an admissions officer, didn't know about the area. And I know that this is one of the reasons why interviewers like to conduct interviews in their home area, Dara. Um, you know, what are some of the things that interviewers like to talk about um, in the applicant's context that they might know about because they live close by? Sure. So there are a few things that I can think of. One one of the things is just what certain extracurriculars mean in that local community, right? So I read for California, so I am fully up on the key club, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, but 
local interviewers can actually tell us how big of a time commitment this is in that particular area and often give us more information about, you know, which schools do X for Key Club versus other schools. So they tend to have a little bit more of a personal knowledge of that, especially when they have their own students their own children in going through the school system then or if they were growing growing up there. And sometimes just what's happening in the com- community. I remember five or six years ago, there was a big gas leak in um, one of my communities in an area that I read. And it came through a little bit on the applications. I saw a couple students mention it and a couple counselors, but it was really the interviewers who brought this up and really broke down in the interviews how this actually affected the community. So hmm. it's nice having that almost insider information. They give us a little bit more of what it's like to actually live in this community. Another thing is that, you know, sometimes or often, I guess, a student will submit their application by January 1st. They've been working on it for a couple months, but they might not interview until, you know, mid-February. So stuff has happened in that month and a half since they submitted their applications. Should we talk a little bit about how we don't use these interview reports in our process? Yes. Okay. You start. So we do not use interview reports to see how polished or charming you are, right? Mm. This is not like the cocktail party test. You know, no. I think the, some people imagine this is where I'm gonna show off my soft skills and, and that I would ace that job interview, you know, for a, a big investment banking firm later on. And and no, that is not what this is. It's also not the case for Yale that it's a second round or a second stage or anything like that. It's not that, um, you know, if you're getting an interview, it's because you're, you, you know, you've moved on to the next round and everything is going to then hinge on the interview Mm -hmm. report. We don't really use them like that. We use them um, as, you know, getting extra information and sort of reinforcing the other parts of your application. So um, so, so don't expect that your interview is, you know, your big opportunity to sort of get in and it's going to make or break your application. It's not really the case. Yeah, I know that this can feel frustrating because we're going to muddy the waters again for you here, but there are plenty of weak applicants who get really stellar interview reports. And those stellar interview reports don't really bump them in, right? You yeah. know, we're still looking at the whole picture. We're saying that's great. They had an awesome conversation, but that's not suddenly the thing that makes them come in. Similarly, there are a lot of really strong and compelling applicants who have very ordinary interview reports, um, and that doesn't hold us back. Um, like the other pieces we've talked about, it's one piece of the puzzle. It's wonderful when it adds. Um, Frequently, though, it doesn't move the needle very much for an applicant. As I was saying in my bad physics example, which I'll (laughs) remind you all of again, uh, the best ones reinforce other parts of the application. It's not about them standing on their own as the make or break piece of the application. Exactly. So when it comes time to do your Yale interview, uh, we hope that you get excited. We hope that, um, you know, we understand that it might be a nerve wracking experience, but it doesn't have to be. Think of it as an opportunity to break away from sort of the, the writing and rewriting and polishing that you did of your application and just have a natural, fun, interesting conversation with someone. And I want to remind you that our interviewers are not scary people. You know, Dara, you work with more of these folks than than any of us. You know, how would you describe these people? I, you know, talking to all of these interviewers over the last few years, they are some of the loveliest people who genuinely want to talk to students and to hear about the things you're doing. And frankly, for a lot of them, 
everything that you're doing is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, no one is going into this saying, I'm really just going to put it to this kid. And they just really want to talk to you. And they really want to talk to you about Yale, which is a place that they love so much. And I, I remember hearing an interviewer on campus a few years ago who told me that the thing that he loved most about Yale was that they're not only passionate about the things they do, they're passionate about the things the people around them do. Mm. And I've always just loved that line and I found it so true about our interviewers. They just wanna hear about the things that you're doing and they wanna give you advice about the college process and hope that you go off into the world and do great things. So keep that in mind as you are talking to them. They were once in a place just like you, just trying to make a good impression. I think that's a pretty good note to end on. Absolutely. So go out there, crush your interview. You're going to do great. Thanks, as always, to our friend and colleague, Jill, who is both our sound engineer and a great admissions officer. Thanks to former admissions officer, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. Check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have questions for us or suggestions for a future episode, you can reach out to us at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.